Hi, and welcome to the 39th edition of Keen Minds. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa from T from uh, Criminally Sane. And uh, we're, we're doing things a little odd tonight because Tessa's in New York and she got stuck in New York traffic. So, and because I'm going to be traveling all weekend, we're recording on Thursday night. So she's actually on her cell phone recording this. So we apologize for any odd sounds or random honking or, you know, comments towards New other York drivers. Shop, shop sirens, all those fun things in New York. Uh, but alas, this is where the blacklist is being recorded, so. The real reason Welcome you live there, Detroit. right? <laughs> yep. And I'll be there in December. Very excited. I'm looking forward to my New York trip. I'm going and set stocking. Yay. That should be fun. Oh, it's going to So, suck. aren't we excited about the fifth, the fifth season of the blacklist? Oh, okay, so I have to admit, I sat there, I watched it live, I know a lot of people uh, that I've talked to online are having trouble with the earlier slot. For me personally, because I'm, I I tend to go to sleep relatively early, it was perfection for me, because it gives me enough time to work through some thoughts afterwards, and and watch it again afterwards, and all of that. And so, I was... It took, for the majority of the episode, I sat there and said, you know, this is a good episode, but it's it's kind of slow for the first one back, and it feels like it's just setting up the, you know, all the issues that they're going to be, you know, tackling this season with Liz and Red and all of this, and I'm like, and that's great, like, I was entertained, but I wasn't just enthralled, like, I love to be with the Blacklist. And then at the end of it, I start seeing, I, I kind of felt like Liz the entire time. The, at the end of it, it all just sort of clicked. And I see these people that he's bringing in, that he's basically hiring. He's been going through this this interview with these people the entire time to hire, him, hire them into his organization. And I'm going, Raymond Reddington, you brilliant, brilliant man, I love you. Yeah, I had a I had a feeling that everything that was being done had a a reason for it. That Red is not the kind to kind of bumble around. But I just love the, the general dynamic of the show. It I love that kind of lightness, and I love that list this time is the one that was wrong because most of the time when she's uh, profiling, she's actually getting things right on spot. And I love that this time she got it wrong. And you can see that the emotional part is, is really getting to her, which we have seen, you know, everybody does. And this is the first time that actually mm-hmm. she did it. And I love that she goes to him at the end with that kind of, that, that grin of hers and goes, I was wrong. I mean, you and I talk about regularly, you know, admitting you're wrong, moving on, learning from it, et cetera, et cetera. And so to see Liz just lean forward and go, okay, I was wrong, <laughs> you're not scared, <laughs> you know, it just, it was perfection for me, I loved that moment. And I love Smokey, he was a great character, and I'm looking forward to um, see the other character, which her name I can't remember, but it was, it was just a great, great episode, and it's funny because you see the way that Red built his first empire, 
it's and it's very exciting as a viewer to basically i mean we're not getting flashbacks of this we're getting a first-hand seat of this of raymond reddington building his empire from the ground up and that's very exciting uh which character do you want to tackle first uh let's jump into liz and red because i feel like you can't I mean, there, there are pieces of that you can tackle individually, but all in all, I mean, they were together most of the episode. It was a great episode for them. Um, they were really working through a lot of emotions, especially on Liz's side. I mean, Red tends to be kind of a stonewall sometimes with emotions. Even if he looks like he's portraying emotions, you can pretty much guarantee you're not seeing everything that's working behind his his mask there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, but you really saw it with Liz that, I, I mean, just from everything from the don't treat me like a child to Red calling her sweetheart to the whole conversation between Liz and, Put- uh, and, and Putnam about the, about Putnam's father, you just... Yeah, that DNA, the, nature versus nurture. Yeah, you just saw so much of the father-daughter relationship, and I've been asked multiple times over the summer... If I believe 100% that Red is her father. And I stand by, this is what canon has given me. And at this point in the show, going into season 5, I am going to accept this as canon unless they come through and tell me otherwise. Because I've said from the second episode in, I believe this is a father-daughter relationship. Whether it's biological or not, okay. You know, I, and I've got friends that are on all sides of the of the equation there. You know, some people think that it is father-daughter, just a relationship. Some people think it's biological. I know people that, you know, are on every ship and every different situation. You know, personally, I, I am accepting it as, until I'm told otherwise, if I'm ever told otherwise, I'm accepting Raymond Reddington as her biological father. Yeah, I have a... I have a very tough time in imagining uh, any other thing just because, and, and regardless of what they did with the, the old shirt, to me it makes perfect sense. When that shirt was retrieved and, and Reddington was, was um, rescued from the kidnapping situation, that's the moment where we, they probably did DNA tests to make sure that that blood, that shirt, was indeed red. Because why? Because in that moment, you get a chain of custody. You have to make sure that that shirt retrieved is actually the shirt that Reddington was worn. And if you saw in the when when um, Cooper takes a little piece, there is already a piece missing. And the reason of that is because they had to make sure that shirt was actually had the blood of Raymond Reddington. Because if that was ever used to prosecute Seajuke, that that would need to be established. That's that's so an incredibly that good point. That, that's a very very and good that, point. That that's the entire point of doing that. And and Cooper had worked with a man in Kuwait. He had worked with rescuing uh, uh, Red. And I think that as as you go, you're going to see that there is their relationship is a little more intimate than people are thinking. That's what I'm. I'm getting from the entire four seasons that I just rewatched. So to me, that makes no sense. He knows red is red, and he knows that that shirt was from, that blood in that shirt was from red. That's what he used, that blood, and not any blood that 
Greg could could get at it. So to me, that that to me, that's been proven that Raymond Reddington is Liz King's father. And since Liz, we know that Liz is Masha because we have had Dom, we have Kate. That that's been established. That is the one and the same person. Yeah, I I so at agree. At this point, for me. I'm you know, they could try pulling something up, and I guess if it's well done, I'll buy it. But as things stand now, I I can see no way in which they would be able to pull that, you know, a, a switch a rule like that. I agree, and that that's about where I come from it. Uh, just, you know, it, it would have to be very well done, but I, I know these writers, they're incredibly, incredibly detailed in the way they lay everything out. They could have another twist. Um... I, but I also remember an interview, I think it was with Camp one time, that he was joking, he said, you know, we could hand you all the answers, but would you even accept them? And that's kind of where I feel like we are right now with the paternity question. It's like, we've been asking this question so long, that it's like, the fandom doesn't know what else to do but ask this question. <laughs> it's just so well, ingrained I, I... in us. I think that, that a lot of the people just have not been, they, they, again, we've talked about this, about the gender thing, and when you're not used to the gender, you expect answers in a way that are not gender specific. And in this kind of gender, you can expect to have what answers are ambiguous. You just have to put them all together because one part of the answer may be ambiguous, but if you put them all together, they're not. They're yeah. consistent and, and precise. You you have to be able to put the puzzle pieces together. They're not going to spoon feed you everything. No, I don't think that until the end, and, and maybe not even then. <laughs> but but I'm 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 good with that. And I gotta say, one of the things that I enjoy the most about this episode was that I feel that that I think Liz expressed perfectly when she said. Uh, because you're my father, and then, oh my God, that sentence and everything that it implies. Because it was, it, to me, it was very, it was very well done. Um, I, I tell people, you've got to do a rewatch of at least the first season, because you're going to see the first season in a completely different light. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. See, and this, 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 uh, makes so much sense when you see her in a, in the context of what you know from season four that she's always been afraid that when it was the father that she wasn't ready to act or, or accept that answer and that is a, a very very much she's very well drawn that's the way she acted that's the way she acted with the pregnancy that's the way she acted with the when she thought Tom was uh, spying on her she likes to wait until she's ready to accept something before she goes on and thinks about it. Yeah. She... It's like Tom said in season two, Liz, you're gonna do what you're gonna do you always have. And she does have to come to the conclusions on her own. And, and Red also said, you know, I can point you to the to the, uh, to the answers, but you're going to have to find them for yourself. Yes, exactly. Because I think that She's always been like that, ever been a person, even as a child, that would not accept things unless she knew them, unless she found them herself. And I imagine she has a lot of Katarina in her. Mm-hmm. Oh, that temper. 
Oh, both her father and her husband know it well. <laughs> yep. Oh, so real I, fast. I, 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 I love this little parallel that I found. Um, with I, I just I, I very much enjoyed the whole. I mean, in writing we call it world building. It's basically what we got in this episode was was a world building for Reddington and his world that he lives in and. And just the, the the universe that he functions in. We got to see him build that up. But I remember in season one, there was that lovely scene. I couldn't tell you at the end of which episode. Um, but it's it's him sitting and laughing with uh, Luli's family. You assume it's her family. I mean, she seems very comfortable there. At, at a Chinese restaurant. And they're drinking oh, yeah, and playing the cards. Yes. And they're just, they're having a good old time and drinking. And I think they were playing cards. It just, everybody was very relaxed and happy. And yet it was business and pleasure and family. And it was just, it was everything mixed into one. I very much got that vibe with Liz included at, you know, in their last scene together in five, 501 that, you know, the, this little get together, the the happy hour at this <laughs> at this motel that he's staying in, and I just I love how he just makes friends everywhere he goes. He's just such a social person, and it's I, I was just cackling in that that scene where he's walking to the the pool. I mean, we saw so many of these. You know, for those of us that at one point I actually said I am not going to watch any more previews. I want something to be fun and new and exciting <laughs> when I actually watch it live. Um, but when he's walking into the pool, he, you know, everybody's waving oh, yeah. at him and he's, you know, he, he knows everybody by name. It's just so red. And then at the end of the episode, you see everybody sitting around and drinking and you see the business, you know, n- new business associates come in. And I just, I love the Liz it's to be a part of that it's just there's something very fulfilling there I know it's going to cause a lot of strife I know there's going to be a lot of growing and trying to figure out where that balance is I think this whole season's going to be about her finding her balance but and, and I know yeah. that's coming but for right there in that scene it just felt so beautiful that she got to sit back drink a glass of wine out of a you know plastic cup in the motel her criminal father is staying at and mingle with his cohorts. And I just, I love it. It's just so perfect. It just comes around so well to that nice parallel with Luli and her family at the beginning in season one. And, and there was also that, that thing when, remember in like, 102, she tells him that she's just, she's comfortable there with a glass of scotch and she, he will be comfortable in a cave with, um, you know, with rebels and, you know, sleeping in the floor. Yes. That, that he is that kind of person. And, and we see now that, you know, going back five seasons, she is, a, that is exactly what it is. This is. This was spot on in that initial assessment of Red. Yes, absolutely. And and he is. And he, he just makes friends everywhere he goes. And a little thing that I picked up on, he said something about the uh, the gentleman that, that ran the that owned the establishment he's staying at. They were the same size, meaning somehow this guy had given him clothes. Just 
given them to him. And he'd let him stay past, you know, his ability to pay, because he was paying back rent on it. Landlords don't uh-huh. typically do that. I mean, th- you're going to have some that will, but most, I mean, th- this is a business. It's you, know, you can't be best buddies with the people that you're renting to. And so the fact that, you know, this guy had been giving him, I can't remember the, the uh, owner's name, but, you know, the fact that he'd been giving him clothes, that, you know, he'd let him have an extension on the payment, all of that, it just says so much about Red. Now, to be fair, Red made good and then some. And so I think he just gives that vibe off to everybody that, you know, yes, I'm staying in a motel, yes, I'm wearing borrowed clothes, but guess what? You you put in with me. You you know what was it the the comment he made in late season four? Uh, penny on the dollar. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a penny stock. You invest in me now, and when I rise, you'll uh, you'll rise with me. Exactly, and I I feel like that's where he's at right now. He is bringing those people in at the ground. It's it's the ground level of a startup, and when it becomes a Fortune 500 they're going to rise with him. And that's where he is, and that's where he's going. And people just inherently know this, because he just gives that vibe off. And one of the fun part of it was the way it started, the way he got that cash. He stole this this car, and the guy was, oh my god, he just so deserved that. He was so nasty. That's exactly what the roomies said. So I was telling Tessa before we started recording, I watched it live, but the roomie has a prior commitment on Wednesday nights at that time. So she basically gets home a few minutes after the show ends. So my my general plan is to watch it live, grab gifts from it, and then sit down with her in the living room and rewatch it while she's watching it the first time, which is a great scenario for me. Perfect. And my Wednesday nights are going to be my favorite nights of the week from now on. Um, But anyway, so we're watching it, and he goes and steals this guy's car, and she's like, you jerk, you totally deserve that. (laughs) I just, I love it that Red is sitting there and telling the, you know, the the guy that's going to get the car. He says, you know, some guys say keep it close. I didn't even do that. You know what? Go get your manager. Guy goes off to get the manager. The guy drives up in the red car, and he says, hey, boss, keep it close. (laughs) I was like, oh, you're screwed, buddy. Yep. Oh, you, you knew the second that he said that, you, I knew that that guy was going to say, keep it closed. <laughs> and it was just perfect. And, and I love that we brought back one one uh, character from season uh, three, the guy that helped him uh, find the armor vehicle. When uh, that, uh, in, in one of the season three, I think it was in, uh, was it the caretaker? No, it was uh, Solomon. No, it was a caretaker. I don't remember. Uh, is that who the guy was? Yeah, that's the guy who who was asking for the uh, <laughs> exchange to know where the armor vehicle came from. You know, I thought he looked that's familiar. I, I love it when Blacklist yep. does that. I love seeing these characters come back. And I would just like to say, as much as I'm going to miss Boz, as much as I'm going to miss Kate... As you know, all, all of these people that have like just imprinted themselves on my heart over the last four years, and I'm gonna miss them horribly. I'm so glad Glenn is not in prison or anywhere else, and I really hope that Glenn is still around, and I think he will be. 
Oh, yeah, she's coming back because she's still on episode four. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. yeah, and I hope that they get Marvin out of prison because he really, uh, he was, he's a great character. Of Marvin. And I, I loved him from, uh, yeah, Marvin has to get out. Uh, he's great. He's just, he's such a sweet man. <laughs> it's like he just, like, he, he is fully capable of functioning in the criminal world, but he's just, he seems like such a good guy in general, <laughs> which just doesn't mesh well, but it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I love Marvin. Yeah, it was, uh, one of the most interesting things to me was um, Liz's reactions to Red, you know, as she kind of, like, She's kind of enjoying all these things, and and I think as, as Cooper says, you know, I'm going to have to make this public. Um, she's like, uh, and I could see that for a second she knew that even though she said the opposite to Red, I had a feeling in there that she's going to say, well, I was going to stay here just for a little bit anyway. That I think that she's going to end up being like uh, like Red, and I think that maybe she will just try to get Red into doing things a little more legally. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, because my immediate reaction as soon as Cooper said that is, I hope Tom's papers are all in order, because Liz ain't the only one that has a past. <laughs> oh, her whole family, I swear. We just need a really good forger for that group. <laughs> I bet they have it. One I, very good in Barso. Yep, I agree. Um, so I, I, what you just sure. said about Liz, Liz's reactions to things, I just, I, I really got the impression that, like you were saying, she she got into it, but then she kind of caught herself. Like she caught herself enjoying it. I, she would just go along with it, and then, you know, she would just stop and give him this look and like you're not doing that no we're not doing that no we're doing this by the book you're not gonna do that i'm gonna shoot this guy you're not letting the neo-nazi walk out of here we don't let neo-nazis go you know <laughs> it just and i love that that she didn't because she wasn't gonna shoot an unarmed man in the back and at the end red was gonna get him and i think that, that that's how Liz is gonna be learning like you know what maybe i need to trust him and I need to, like, like develop that side of me that is always thinking, like, mm -hmm. three steps ahead. Which is, and we're going to side, I've got, um, because Tessa's driving, I have all the notes in front of me. Um, I've got Tom at the end of it, because heaven knows that I'm going to have issues with talking about Tom and everything going on, but just to kind of side table the the situation as she learns to trust red more which i agree with you i think she will i think she'll learn to balance that better and and figure that out that's going to make what tom's trying to do more difficult and more terrifying i think um as, as she continues to trust red more and more because we, we've seen liz i mean she we saw how she was with kirk that blood relation is something so strong to her. If she thinks she's bl blood related to somebody, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. And she will put herself in danger. She'll she'll lose sight of various things. She doesn't have the best ability to take a step back when it comes to biological family. I think that that also came um, 
when she was four years old in the fire, I think that's what happened. I think that actually she was left to die in that fire because she tried to save Red. It'd be interesting. I could see I could see her trying to save Red, even at four years old. I mean, it'd be a very Liz Keen sort of thing to do. In my, you know, in my rewatch this time, I, I was focusing into those those moments, and it seems like somebody takes out a gun to shoot Red as he's in the floor, and and she brings her arm down, and that's how she got the scar. So it was it was it was made her brave. It wasn't her father gave it to her. She saved her father with it. Maybe that's interesting. I I don't think you and I have discussed that theory, but I like it. I do like it. I think, yeah, I think we're going to see that, that just as Red has a very strong protecting instinct, I think Liz does too. You oh, know, the same thing that she did even when, when Tom, when, when she shot Tom and she's just like, no, 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 this is between us. And you know she's not going to shoot him. She's just going to save him. I agree. I, I 500% agree with that, that she has a protective instinct. It's very strong and, and she's got a lot of loyalty there. Um, Liz is an incredibly loyal she did it with person. Kaplan. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, about that whole uh, reaction in the post office to um, her being uh, that being announced that they are that Fred is her father? I feel like it was just kind of coming, you know. <laughs> Everybody knew it was coming. The one I love the most was Aram. Everybody is happy just to have a lawyer. You have a master criminal. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a, it's the kind of thing that makes me like like love Aram so much. Oh, bless him. I feel so bad for him because that came out and his immediate reaction was, Crap, do I have to tell Cooper about S- Samara and me? <laughs> you know? It's just like, am I doing the and wrong Cooper thing? Like, yeah, you're shady? Yeah, okay, well, next thing. I know. If, so that one me too. I, I know. Cooper kind of gives him this, and so? <laughs> yeah, that was great. It was so fantastic. And I, I think Samar kind of knew that everybody knew that was coming because... She's like, we're not breaking any laws here, you know, like, just chill, breathe, you know. And Ressler didn't even have a reaction. Of course, Ressler had far more interesting things to think about, he's, like, for example, Prescott. He's been a little bit distracted. Okay, so I think, I honestly, like, and I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast recording that for the majority of the episode, I, I really felt like it was just kind of a a good episode, but not a great episode. And I have a friend that lives over in California, um, and so she she was asking, she goes, how is it, you know, what's going on? And, because she couldn't make it to the, to the premiere. And I said, you know, it's good. I said, but honestly, like, rest is the story I'm invested in for this one. I said, you know... Red and Liz are, are fun, they're quirky, you know, but it's nothing that, you know, until the end, I was like, oh, I now like this more, <laughs> you know. But Wrestler, his story was the one that really caught me for the majority of the episode, because, I don't know, I guess I expected him to have a little more, like, I mean, he was obviously very, very upset by this, it was weighing on him, but... 
I didn't expect him to be able to put on quite as good of a facade as he did, which I should have because he's a very talented undercover operative. We saw that in season one. He's very good at that. He can he can play a role, certainly. And that's... I, 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 see, I, I didn't think that. I thought that actually he was so-so. But it's amazing to me, as a character, the development he's had from season one, when, he, in my opinion, he was doing a so-so job on undercover, to this one. He just... I mean, that, that interview with Cooper, he was awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, and I sat there watching that and going... You should be a little more nervous, buddy. Like you're you're making me nervous with your lack of nervousness. <laughs> you know? Well, did you notice also there's that, that Prescott uses a phrase and it's unless you go home and start to grow a conscience. Now remember the last time he said that to uh, to Tom. Yeah. Since when did you get a conscience? Is that since I've been hanging with you? So I guess he's lost some of his. I guess so. Um, which I mean, he almost has to to work in this world. It's it's a gray world. You have to look at it in that fashion, and to be able to and I, you know, you and I have both been saying for a while now that to be able to survive in this world that they're living in, wrestler has to make some compromises, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be painless but he has to make these compromises i mean right now he's lying to his team he's he's been blackmailed by this guy i mean he's in a really crappy position but his two choices are coming clean to his team and possibly putting them in the bullseye with this new director that's involved i mean because they're all under scrutiny so if wrestler comes forward and says so I kind of killed the national security director by accident, but I covered it up and lied to you all. After everything that's happened, it could really come down on the task force. And so... Yeah, at this point, they, they got to survive. Yeah, and so, like, it, it's not reasonable to expect him... I mean, even if he's being trying to be selfless it would still put his entire team in danger to come clean at this point. Um, exactly. And so, but he's also in a really horrible situation because now Prescott has him, you know, by the neck. And he's gonna, it's not gonna be pretty. I, I, it was so funny. <laughs> During the rewatch with the roomie, I was sitting there and I said, oh, I just want to wrap Russ in a blanket and protect this man. She goes, oh, that's funny, because I want to stick a syringe in Prescott's neck and put an air bubble in his veins. Uh, and I actually love Prescott, because he brought a side of wrestler that I'd be uh, expecting to see. And uh, so I'm, I'm all on board. Uh, I like this wrestler a lot better, because he would have to walk a tightrope to, to keep some of his principles because you can't function without any principle. Nobody actually does. Even the characters that, that some people assume have no principles, they do. They, they have a set of them. But wrestlers were, were a little naive, and especially in this genre, in this universe, they were, they were going to get him killed. They were going to get him and his team messed up badly. So I, I'm... I'm happy about Prescott because he's finally bringing up a side 
of wrestler in which he will be able to actually become a lot more effective in this world. I, and I, I could see now him becoming Cooper. I do agree that he can be a good tool. Um, but he is also a tool. And <laughs> I don't... <laughs> from, from a fan's point of view, I don't like Prescott. From a writer's point of view, he's fantastic. <laughs> you know? That's kind of where I'm at with that. Well, I never, I was never a fan of wrestler the Boy Scout. Um, I, I was, a, I, I always had this, this image of him with the, you know, the rubber banding, and I knew that eventually that rubber banding was not going to carry him much further because he was, he was either going to break or he was going to adapt. And I'm, I'm happy that he adapted because if he had broken, he would have been killed. Well, I mean, he, he did break to an extent. I mean, we saw the drug abuse. We, we've seen multiple things where he, where he tried de- so, so desperately to play it by the rules in season three and go after Liz, even though he thought she was basically innocent, you know, but still went after her anyway and nearly got her killed. I think that was a big thing with him, and I think Liz faking her death was also a big thing for him. He's had, had several turning points, but Ress is one of those characters that just because he has a turning point, that it goes to a certain point that the turns are small and they go, like you call it, rubber banding, it comes back. This is the this is the make or break moment. This is where we're going to see rest. He's been building and building and building. It's, it's come to a point now. And we're going to see what his character's truly made of. And I don't think in the terms of this genre and the terms of this show and the characters and the gray that they play in, you know... Being a Boy Scout has its place in life, but in this universe, in this heightened reality that they work in, it doesn't have a place. He's Like you just said a few minutes ago, he's going to get himself and all of the people he cares about killed that way. And so he's going to have to figure out where he fits into it. Yeah, so that that, that to me was, was uh, um, one of the best... Uh, Parts of the episode was restless story. And I was fully, fully expecting that this season is, he's going to have, he and Cooper are going to have a, a bigger, and I think Samara and, and the Ram are going to recede because they had such a huge arc last season. Well, I mean, uh, Boken Camp has talked about before that when Saram happens, that's going to be towards the end of the show. And that's been one of my keys, personally, that I think that we're wrapping up. You know, we've got a, a couple seasons left, and that's where we are. Uh, it's because Saram is happening. And so, but the thing is, with that kind of couple, there's, you don't want to make it into a into a soap opera where it's... They they got a little soap opery last year with with Samara and Aram where they went back and forth and there was miscommunication and there are genres that that's fine you know that that's acceptable that's expected in the blacklist it just bogs you yeah, down yeah it's like that's enough you did it we're good all right so they're an item we can we can keep going now we need other and so I'm Aram got you know a lot of the story with. With Janet, with a lot of personal growth, he went from the guy who needed uh, therapy because he killed a terrorist to the guy who killed the, the blacklist so that he didn't get away. Excuse so me, let me borrow your let me borrow your grenade launcher and just boom, there it goes. <laughs> no, not a grenade launcher, a steel titanium run launcher. That is, you know, that was that guy was not going to survive. There was nothing left of him. 
Um, so that was awesome. I loved it. Oh, um, I did I too. A little bit. That, that yeah, was a fantastic. That was awesome. <laughs> but so so there's like we and 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 Samar got a lot of the brother stuff. She got her personal thing, like like finishing up basically her Mossad alliances. Just there's a lot being done there, and I think now it's it's really time for Cooper and and Ressler. They got a little bit sidelined uh, in last season, so I'm really looking forward to this wrestler arc. Uh, I think it's going to be phenomenal. In, in season three, after Liz is exonerated or as she's being exonerated, we got a little scene where wrestler gives Cooper back his, the the uh, the um, the handling of the of the task force and he says i'm a i'm a door kicker i I can't do this kind of politics things i leave that to you and i thought at that time maybe he will with a rubber banding and that he will have to either remain there and he will be killed because his character will have nowhere to go or he will learn by some means and then he i could see at the end of a blacklist cooper retiring and uh, and Bressler being the one left in charge of the unit. Oh, I could totally see that. And I think they are grooming him for that. And I, you know, I, I know that some people think that that he didn't get a lot in in season four and in season three. I, I, I disagree with that. I think he had some really good good arcs there. But, um, but yeah, I, I completely agree that they're setting him up and they are working through some really good stories here. And we're about to see a lot of growth with Wrestler. And it's going to be painful, but, you know, I guess at least he doesn't have his father-in-law, you know, coming in gun- guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a whole different, you know, he's, he has seen a, lot, a, a part of the world that he never quite um, saw before. And, you know, anytime you see that, you're going to see a lot of growth in, in a character. But they see the, the previously familiar world, and it's no longer familiar. Yep. All right. Well, we've touched on Red and Liz, on Wrestler, on Cooper briefly, Sar- uh, Samara and Aram. Do we want to move to Tom? you have anybody else? Yes. No. Okay, so moving into Tom, I... I, I when when we went into this episode, I was very ready for Tom to be the last scene. Um, I, I spoke to several friends about it that you know I was expecting him to be the last scene. I was glad to see a super brief moment flashing to him with the bones and being at the apartment and such. But I've been saying for weeks now, whenever the the preview pictures came out over on Spoiler TV, and we saw Liz drawing her gun in the apartment, I said Tom surprised her. Oops, don't get shot, Tom. <laughs> you know? And so I was very excited to see I was right on that because I, I love that. It's it's so very spy couple of them. <laughs> One's trying to be cute and sweet and surprised, and the other draws the gun and goes, Oh, you're home! Yay! But the thing I loved most about that is that that tackle hug she did where she just launched herself at him, that was not, that was not scripted. Megan improved that. Uh, she made the comment in a in an interview the other day that it wasn't scripted, but it just felt so much like them being excited Ryan was back on the show. Is it was the comment she made, 
and apparently Ryan read the read the body language correctly because he just he didn't drop her or anything. If he did, then it was cut. <laughs> but it was it was yeah, such it was, a great was, scene. I love the fact that as and I and I said when when at the point in in the episode and I'm seeing red like having this thing to go to you know, Kentucky. I'm like, mm, this sounds to me like you're trying to get Liz also very distracted as Denver goes and tracks this suitcase. Um, so I'm like, you're doing something, and he's completely dropped that act of a happy, happy red, which I don't think is an act. I think it is what he feels, but he was kind of working towards, like, let's get Liz away from the sea, away from the everybody. Let's try to get that suitcase. And so I was happy when they had this, like, and he's looking at the bones in the house, and he's like, oh, I don't know. And then, like, oh, I have to tell you something. And Liz dropped the bomb, and he's like, oh, I don't have the heart to break that bubble now and well, bring him the bones. She's it's so not happy. Just... I don't think it's just that. I mean, yeah, to an extent, you know, she's happy, she has answers. But it's also, if you think about it, think about how Liz reacts. We talked about it briefly and earlier in the podcast. Liz has a very peculiar reaction to blood relationships. She was willing to put, you know, put everything on the line for Kirk. She was willing to trust him in certain circumstances she put her own thought process aside. I mean, when Kirk had Agnes, she was 500% convinced he would not harm her. This is the man that eventually stood on the side of the, on the ledge of the, the uh, rooftop and threatened to throw her little girl from it. I mean, she does not have the best, uh, uh, best judgment when it comes to what she believes is biological family. And for some mm-hmm. reason, as soon as she thinks she's blood-related to some somebody, some of her deeper logic gets thrown out of the window. It's just how she is. And to be fair, Tom did a lot of that. I mean, he did a lot of trusting when he shouldn't have, when, over on Redemption, when he should have been a lot more skeptical. And, I mean, <laughs> what could go wrong? Everything. Everything can go wrong, Liz. <laughs> you know? Um. Yeah, and, and also, but I think that a, a lot of that was that look that he gave, and she was so happy, and she was when he she tells him about Red being her father, and she has this big smile in there. Yeah, I mean, you could see like Tom immediately went to the, with a foot and pushed the suitcase oh, yeah. away from sight. Oh yeah, and he was just like, "This is not happening now." I think he's wanting to go in and find more information. Before he hands before he it, over gives to it to her, you know, and at least give yeah. her something. Yeah, to work and why on. would anybody trust Kaplan? I mean, that's a woman who was willing to put her in jail for all he knows. That's going to land her in a lot of trouble. I mean, yeah. he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of questions, and he's just coming off of a serious family issue. We still don't know if he knows that Cat was referring to to Howard or not. We have no idea. I mean, last we saw him with Kat, she was bleeding out on his hotel room floor, you know, with a with a jump drive. We don't know where it is. We don't know what's going on with it. I mean, we're eventually going to find out because Boken can't promise to tie up the loose ends in this, in this season. But we don't know for sure what's going on with that. But regardless, he does know that he trusted at least one parent that lied to him. Potentially trusted two parents that lied to him. 
and that that he believes screwed him over and and used him in in a very terrible way and whether they did or not is really inconsequential at the moment because he feels like he was betrayed and he's taking that hurt and that pain and that deep emotional scarring that's very fresh into the situation and his wife says i found out who my dad is it's raymond reddington and he's going oh well crap you know like i know how liz reacts i know that red's not trustworthy in general and i know that i just got screwed over by one or both of my parents yeah let's find more information out before i hand it over to the person who's already a little emotionally you know untrustworthy and eh, trustworthy may not be the best word but you know you know what i mean that you know list stable to... or or willing she's she is so starved to understand her origins and what happened and if you think about it four years of her life and her parents disappear from her memory yeah yep and I mean, even if you have, like, vague memories when you were four years old, you still have memories. You know that there was something that happened, and then another thing happened, and then another thing happened. You may not remember everything, but you do have a, a, a connection to your past. Mo most, of her memory most of her memories are violent, are violent and painful and, and have left deep scars there. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I don't believe... Like Lena Creel did. Doctor, remember what Dr. Creel said? Uh, early trauma scars in ways that we are we don't acknowledge. And and I think that that is absolutely true. There was also the um, the other thing that I was uh, that I was saying about Tom is that fantastic ending. So do you think that that was, uh, that was uh, what's going to happen, or you think it was his fears? Okay, so here is the path I have gone on. I, when I watched it the first two times through, I thought that that was his fear. That was what he was basically envisioning of, okay, I tell Liz, she goes to Red, Red comes in gun blazing and kills me, because that's the easiest route to take, and he hates me anyway. That's that's what I saw it as as a viewer without any outside influence, um, and I posted that on Tumblr because someone asked me a question and that was my reaction to it. And immediately I start getting all these "Haven't you read Boken Camps?" <laughs> interview, and I'm like, "No, I haven't," because I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> so I read it this morning, and I read Boken Camps interview, and I also read. Um, I read Allie Blacklist's uh, theory over on Tumblr because she had mentioned it to me, and I went through and looked looked for it. And I have a couple of other people that I've seen um, seen say something very similar similarly. Um, uh, Chris M twenty three also had a very similar theory uh, as well. That basically, Boken Camp it was. I felt like, and, and to be fair, Boken Camp is always some uh, an interview with Boken Camp. You can never take it at face value. He is the creator of Raymond Reddington, and he proves it in interviews when he confuses us all. Confuses us all. And the the theory that I very very much like, and I'm very on board with currently, is that it is a not not a premonition, but a foreshadowing sort of scene. And 
it's bread is not shooting at Tom. That he's actually coming in there to help. Because he comes, yeah. He yeah. comes shooting into the apartment. And that's exactly what Ali said. Like, why would he walk in shooting with a small child in there that's probably walking by this point, by the way? You know, that very easily could be walking around. I mean, Red's not going to waltz in shooting unless he he feels like there's a threat that he needs to. So I think that something's happened that that someone my personal opinion is right now that tom has a hold of these bones and he has no idea what he's got his hands on and i think there'll probably be multiple people after these bones like if it gets out that someone has them i think there's going to be a third party that goes in after the bones goes in and attacks tom and red's going to come in and save him because and, and here's the thing that i've had a lot of people asking about this today I do not think Tom is going to die. I need everybody on the Tom Keen fan side of the fandom and the Keen Squared side of the fandom to take a collective deep breath in, deep breath out as many times as it takes for us to chill out. Because Tom is not about to die. This is great writing. It's getting everybody on all sides of the aisle excited and terrified. Um, but there's, I-, I could give you dozens of reasons for Tom himself, why? But it boils down to Red and Liz. Red is not going to kill uh, well, Tom. The t- only t- way that t- Red were going to kill Tom is if if Tom were a threat to, to Liz. Yes. But at this point, he has given up basically anything to, to help Liz, to be with Liz. He has, he has betrayed so many people to be with Liz that that doesn't make any sense from the point of view of character development that 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 is accurate um but what i was going to say is that red has promised liz has uh, ensured liz that she will have that that dream that fantasy with her husband walking in the park with their child that family that peace that that dream that she has he has said he's going to help her make that a reality someday if Tom Keen dies, Liz loses that that full dream of hers, and Red fails. So basically, even if Red is not the one to kill Tom, if Tom just dies, if he gets caught in the crossfire and takes a bullet to the head, Raymond Reddington fails on an, just an insane level because he is not capable at that point of providing... Liz with that dream because we're, we're going towards the end of the series even if she were to be able to find it in her heart to love again and I really encourage like everybody that's listening to this to go check out uh, Chris M23 over on Tumblr she had a fantastic uh, write up of why why she believes that Liz would basically turn into red if if she lost Tom great write up really recommend it um, but regardless Let's just take that out of the equation. If for some reason she was able to love again, because many people do, they lose a significant other, they they eventually move, you know, do as much healing as they can on it and meet someone else and have a different relationship with them. And if she were able to do that, they've got what? Maybe a season? Two seasons? Something like that? Okay. They're not going to introduce, after four seasons of breaking down a bad relationship 
fracturing it into a million pieces and then taking those pieces and building it back up into something healthy. They took four seasons to do this. They are not going to just kill this man and start over with someone else. Well, it, it's also, to me, that there, there is, there is a, a, a symbol and theme going on. And one of the things that we have seen is we have seen that Red actually lamenting his decision of leaving Liz with Sam. He had, he had been, when he thought she died, he, he basically went to Cape May to kind of look at his, his life, his choices, Katerina's choices. And what he basically felt is that, she, and he told her, I should have raised you myself. Looking back, I, I'm not sure that, that that was the best choice, was to leave you with Sam. Because Liz grew up not really knowing how and why she was acting the way she acted. Um, so not able to, to be herself. Always was this yearning about her biological parents. Because it's what, what Creel said in that episode, the more you spend time with your parents, the more you understand where you're coming from. You're not coming from a void. Um, so I, I thought that that, that that theme is exactly what makes Liz different from Red, is that Liz can, can get even and, and think, okay, this is done. We're done. Now let's move forward. Let's re rescue the, the good from the bad. And I think that when we see Katerina, that's what Red is going to start to do. That's what truth has become elusive. That's what he has gone from. She died of weakness and shame to I'm not sure what happened to her. Because he has begun to evaluate, did I ever even give this woman a chance to explain? Did I assume that she had just left me die in that fire? I think that, that we're moving there, where this is where we're going. And what Liz is actually teaching, right, and the reason why Liz is so different is because she made different choices for Agnes. Yeah, I, I agree. We've, we've, we've talked about that before, that while Tom and Liz are an, are kind of a fractured image of Red and Katarina, they're all, and potentially Scotty and Howard, that they are making different choices than their parents made, and in that there's hope for a better and healthier future for them than either yeah, of their parents. Yeah, and more for Agnes. Yeah, exactly. Imagine, imagine Agnes growing up with, with whatever. First, who's going to be able to take uh, having Red as a father-in-law? That takes a special kind of someone. Um. Then we have we have Agnes. I mean, what's going to happen when she started like you know being basically being a criminal? She has it on both sides. This is like now four sides of criminal parents of spies, basically a criminal acting for the for the country. Yeah, it's they they've got a complicated family unit. <laughs> yeah. Definitely parties will be will be exciting. So I think that, that there is, I mean, while there is a possibility, and I admit to that, that there is a possibility that Tom will be killed, um, I, I also think that it's probably a mislead 
um, to be fair, we haven't had many misleads with, with Tom. We had one at the end of season one when everybody thought that he was dead. Um, then we then he reappeared like halfway through the season. Um, so I think that, that we, we will see that. And Tom has always been a, a way of, of moving the action forward because he's such a, a, a fascinating, polarizing, dynamic figure in a distorted mirror to Katarina. And he just gets people talking. I mean, the people that hate him are thrilled right now. The people that love him, a lot of them are terrified right now. I mean, then you've got me who's over here going, I'm just here for the ride. I love Tom. He'll be fine. <laughs> They're going to beat the crap out of him, but he'll be fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's just another season of the blacklist and using Tom as the punching bag. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I have a theory about those those uh, the bones and 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 the, and the suitcase. Um, I, I, to me, it, it, you you have Kate, right? Who was you know, I, and I'm saying in love, not not as a sexual romantic way, but in a way, Katerina seduced Kate. She was she seduced him with bone with bodies and babies. You know, everything that she loved was right there, and and I think that if Kate has a, a thought that Katerina was still alive, he would have started looking for her. And that's something that they could not afford. So I think that at some point, Rick produced a body uh, telling her that that's Katerina, that he found her and he just buried her, but nobody can know. So she was put in a suitcase and buried because when she was buried by that tree, that tree was a small tree. That's 25 years ago. That's after the fire. So I think that that, or, or in 1997 or whatever, that that's that has been there for a long time. So to me, when that body start to be those bones start to be analyzed, what's going to happen is they're not Katerina, and now people are going to say, okay, the Katerina is not dead, yeah. because why would I? And I think that the 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 thing is the suitcase. I think the suitcase is going to give a link to Katerina. And then the bones will not be Katerina because it will not match Liz, uh, which will give plenty of lovely things that Liz is not Masha and the whole thing will be delightful. And then we'll be back into, okay, now Katerina's enemies are coming for her. Yeah. I could definitely see it panning out that way. It's, it's so going to be a wild season. Almost... Yay. I'm so excited with it. And it's just, you know, like it keeps getting better and better. And I tell people, if you think that the blacklist doesn't have uh, a, a, a good good writers, go back to season one because you'll be shocked. Uh, I mean, you, you've got to watch you the you've got to watch the whole show. This is not a show you can cherry pick on. I mean, you've got to watch every scene. And I I have no idea. Like, I feel like people that casually watch this show probably see it very differently than I do. <laughs> well, I have my I have my, my, my litmus test and um, that's my sister and she called me and asked me what, what, explain some of the things because I was like, you know, I didn't get it quite. So I think when you're a casual viewer um, you're going to get some things you're not going to get others. I, I, I wouldn't certainly not expect most people to watch it like we do. Um, you know, it's, it's bunch of nut jobs if you really think about it uh we're having Us? a great time with it but, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah we're crazy 
crazy. I mean, like, I'm fully willing to admit that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, we have a lot of fun and we're we're appreciating the show. But I think that that show is going to do much better once or it will do incredibly well once it's over and people will watch again to find all the stuff they missed. Like, people had to watch uh, The Sixth Sense, like, maybe three times to actually realize that he didn't talk to anybody. Nobody had answered him. I've never actually seen The Sixth Sense. It was ruined for me before oh, I saw yeah, it. So, well, it was ruined for me before I ever saw it, so I just it, never saw it. No, it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't ruined because even when you watch it, you realize the artistry, artistry of, of filming that and not it wasn't obvious that he, nobody talked to him. I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I wanted those. Uh, this, this was, uh, uh, to me, it was a, a phenomenal episode. Love to see everybody's, you know, it's being a revamping. Yes, I see the kind of season one, but this is lighter because now both Red and Liz have found, you know, Red is closer to getting home. Liz is closer to getting home. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be a brilliant season. I'm very excited for it. I, I'm i just, I, I'm more stressed out about fandom stuff than I am about actually losing Tom or losing anybody huge. Because, I mean, you don't, well, there are going to be deaths. They, they've been very good since Mira about not, <laughs> I feel like I should find some wood to knock on here. Um, <laughs> they, they've been pretty good about not killing, because we've got a small cast. We really do. We have a small main cast, and there's only so much death that can happen there. Oh. I, I thought for a while that if Wrestler didn't go somewhere, they might um, they might kill him. Because with a rubber banding, there was only so much of it you can do before it become formulaic. And I was hoping that they went this direction, and they did. And that's why I love Prescott. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, Prescott, thank you. You've kept Wrestler on. Um, <laughs> thank you for torturing our baby. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. Oh, he's good. All right. Well, I think, that, take it out. I think that about wraps us yeah. up. Do you have anything else? No, I think that is good. We'll, you know, we'll see you if you have any questions or you want uh, us to um, expand anything. Just let us know. We'll be happy to. Yeah, I mean, but we love theories and character development and all the sort. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And if you ever want to leave us a message, which we thoroughly, thoroughly encourage, we love talking with you guys. If you follow me on Tumblr, you know that I will chat with pretty much anybody. I just love talking to people about fandom stuff. Um, <laughs> and Tesla's, Tesla's nice, too. Blah, 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 blah. Tessa is nice, too. I keep trying to run my words together tonight. It's... It's not a good wordsing night. That's okay. <laughs> not as nice as you, but yeah. Um, I, I am happy to discuss theory with anybody. Yeah, that, that was the point I was trying to make. Go, go discuss theory with Tessa as well. <laughs> she, will, she will make your mind explode. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> so hopefully to see, we'll see you next week. Yep, and uh, you can leave us those messages on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. And we'll see you next week. All right. Bye -bye. All right. Bye bye.